Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your trusted resource for the latest strategies, tactics, and tips on running a high-performance sales development program. Sales development has grown to become a critical part of the success of high-growth companies, and we dive in each week on how to specifically make your program successful and accelerate your career advancement. Subscribe at iTunes, YouTube, and jump on the newsletter over at 10pound.com to make sure you never miss an episode. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined today by my esteemed guest, Mr. Calvin Patterson with Mixed Panel and also an alumni advisor over at Pi Sigma Epsilon. How are you doing today, Calvin? I'm doing great today. Thanks so much for having me today, David. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I know that you do a lot of mentorship for sales development reps and work you know, to help other people come up through the profession. So I'm excited to dive in about the work that you're doing and you know, hopefully get some tips and, and strategies on how to do sales development. How did you get into this field and you know, what brought you over to Mixpanel? Yeah, so I have quite an interesting background, I would say, when it comes to getting started in sales. Unique in the way that I was a psych undergrad major and really wasn't sure what I was going to be doing, kind of like a a lot of other people, not sure what was going to happen after graduation. And luckily, I just went into this, I had a marketing minor and went into this intro to sales class because I heard it was easy. (laughs) I heard I could get an A in the class and just really hit it off (laughs) with my professor. Shout out Dr. Fabia and really got exposed to a lot of things of sales. I kind of thought used car salesman is what I kind of thought of whenever I thought of sales. And, you know, when people think of, oh, guy in a suit and all they really care about is money. And that was just my thought process when it came to sales before being exposed to this class. And she just really opened my eyes to the opportunity that one, just a lot of people right out of school actually end up going into sales. I forget the actual statistic, but it's something crazy, like 60% of business majors or something start off in an entry level sales role. And I mean, then too, you have those stats out there that a lot of high level CEOs just started in sales as well. And so in this class, just learned about the aspects that sales really is about bringing value and actually helping people. So, and then the ability to be able to combine psych, like understanding your buyers and like what their pain points are, how you can help them, you know, bring value, good money. It's like, all right, like this is it. (laughs) Like this sounds like a great career for me. Not only can I bring value, but I can make good money. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of fell into it a little earlier than a lot of people where I think a lot of people have some interesting stories where it happened later on in their career, a couple of years out of school, not necessarily their first gig, where I actually got exposed to it in undergrad, where we had, I think there's, it's really awesome to see that it's a growing as a major and minor in colleges. Right now, I think there's just over a hundred schools that actually offer it as a major, which is you know, awesome. I think that more that and more awesome. schools are going to keep adapting that. You know, have you worked with anybody at any of the colleges? You know, I haven't, but I am familiar with the sales education 
Foundation, they put out a great guide, uh, definitely a plug for them. They put out a great guide to all the sales programs at universities. And so, yeah, been a big supporter of that program for a long time. The nearest one that we have here in the Bay Area is like five hours north in Chico. <laughs> uh, it's crazy because it's always driven me crazy because we've got, there's probably like six or seven universities, you know, that round out San Francisco and not one of them is accredited in that certification. So, but anyways, yeah, that is a great, it's a great program. Yeah. It was only a minor when I was there and just like timing wise, it didn't work out for me to actually get a minor, but I was in that intro to sales class really sparked my interest. And then from there, I was able to, you know, land an internship at a fortune 100 company and really got exposed more and more. And in, in that role, I was, it was really just, Hey, here's a list of companies. Here's a phone, call them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would be surprised how many still do that. You know, I mean, it, it sounds archaic, but yeah. So they, they handed you the old phone book, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually it wasn't a phone book. I had a list. So I think they generated it from Salesforce or something. And it was, hey, here's a list to call off of. It was, I think the columns were, I think I might still have it somewhere. <laughs> it was, here's a first name, company, you know, area code and phone number, call them. Just try and, try and sell them the meeting. So I was doing an SDR work without even knowing what sales development was really. And there I was able to see success where a couple of the meetings I had actually moved forward to closing, which because it was like an SMB market that I was calling on, it was pretty cool to see that some of them were closing, which was awesome to be able to be exposed to that in an internship. I would definitely encourage a lot of the younger reps out there to see if there's an opportunity to get involved early on, get an internship that junior, senior year of college and get some exposure and you know, I was at a big company, but I think even more so too, like I'm in the startup space now. So I think that there's a lot more you can even learn and be exposed to in the startup space. But going back to college, yeah, actually, so I had that internship and I went back to school for my last semester in college and we had this sales club, pretty small, but I had built a relationship with my professor that I had mentioned and she was head of the marketing department and sales and she had wanted to, you know, launch this Pi Sigma Epsilon. And I like did some more research into it and kind of understood the value of having a big name behind you and this national fraternity that, you know, you have big name partners like 3, 3M, UPS that are behind this company that are sponsors. So you're, you know, working with and getting exposed to a lot of these big name companies. So I actually decided that last semester, I was like, all right, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help launch this at Bloomsburg. And so I made it happen. There were three of us and we went from three people to, I think the exact number we had to get to was 25 to be able to launch the chapter. And I was actually doing selling. I didn't even realize it. I was talking to somebody about this the other day and I was actually doing selling to launch the chapter because I had to sell the value of why you should join this chapter instead of just, you know, because there's going to be a fees if you're involved in a national chapter that has a reputation. So some people just weren't seeing the value and okay, 
well, I don't want to pay for this. I can just graduate. It's like, well, there's plenty of people that will end up with offers or internships from these companies, or they're going to meet a recruiter and, you know, you're going to be involved in these sales competitions. And, you know, we were ended up being able to get to that number of 25. We we're the fastest forming chapter. And I, I don't know if we still hold that, but we did it in under a semester. So I think that we're probably still hold that title. So I, I would say that that's a pretty cool title to be able to hold. Very cool. And so you learned also that recruiting and getting people on board is part of the sales process, right? <laughs> that was lesson number one. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, the more and more I think about it, it actually relates to the book To Sell as Human by Daniel Pink. Love that book. And I think that a lot of people don't realize it, that you're selling every day in whatever actions you're doing. Hey, like telling your girlfriend, like, why should we go to get, why should we go to this place versus this restaurant or trying to sell your, if you're a college student, why should your parents help you out? Like give you some extra money. You know, any of those little things, it's like crazy. You don't think of it as sales, but it really is, is you're trying to convince somebody and influence them to get from this point to this point which is really all sales is in a broken down level. And so Pi Sigma Epsilon then, it was, you know, a, a sales-centered program. What kind of things, you know, do you do in that and, and how does it help develop you? Yeah, so there's the national chapter. And so obviously just being in an organization, you have the executive board. So the executive board, you have people that are, you know, doing the finances and budgeting, then you also have a professional development side too. And there's multiple different roles that people can get involved in. And being able to run the organization, I think is really important for any college student is getting exposed to running the club instead of just, hey, I joined this, I joined that. And I think a lot of people like to say that on the resume that they're involved in all these things, but they were just a member. But to be able to actually launch something and be a part of creating something and helping it to grow and succeed like I did, like bringing on other members, I think is really cool. And so like the other day I was speaking with the professional development at the TCNJ chapter, who I'm an alumni advisor for. And it was just supposed to be a quick conversation. We were talking, he had sent me an email and I quickly called him to just discuss more details because sometimes calling is more efficient. And then it turned into this really long conversation where because he was on that C board, like the executive board, he's able to have the relationships with alumni and actual professionals out there and then be able to work with some of the partners I mentioned, like UPS, Tom James, Citrix, like other like big name companies out there that you're able to build those relationships. And he's that you know, the partner between the organization and the company. And to be able to build those is like really cool in undergrad fashion. Then there's sales competitions, which I was exposed to in my college as well. But to have it on where there's these national competitions where you can end up winning, you can win money. You know, a lot of people end up going to these competitions and walking away with job offers so again, too, like how I had a unique way of getting exposed to sales. I mean, I have a unique way of actually getting into sales post-graduation too. Don't talk about this that much, but I had a job offer from one of these sales competitions I was a part of. 
So at this sales competition, didn't perform that well. <laughs> of course, I went from, which is crazy too, I went from in my intro to sales class, I actually was one of the first people to go and I failed. So we had to do a mock pitch. So we had a buyer who was another student and we had to pretend like we were trying to sell them. I forget what we were actually selling. It may have been, I think it was UPS. We were trying to sell them UPS services. And I just I massacred it. But then it's crazy because I went from failing that to then my advanced selling class to actually really starting to understand it more after going through my internship, you know, starting to expose myself to a little bit of the like books out there and really getting more involved into sales. I was able to really do well in my advanced selling class where I was one of, you know, four that was picked in our class of like 20 or so to actually go to these national competitions. And another fun fact too, is like in that class, we had this, we were selling local student newspapers, like ads for our student newspaper. And I, in that class was for like an A and I was the only student to actually get that A for that project. And I hit 300% of like what the goal was. And I actually still think I could have kept going, but you know, I had hit, already hit a 300%. My goal was just, hey, I want to be the top rep. That was all that mattered to me. I just wanted to be the top one. And nobody else actually even hit the quota to get an A, which was pretty crazy. I think that like one of the big things is just understand, I started to understand the failure aspect of sales, that you're going to get knocked down all the time, which can go, I can relate back to actually getting my first job where first job offer, I had an offer from one of those sales competitions before graduating and I decided to turn it down. I had this in my head that outside sales was the only way to go. You know, I wanted to be that salesperson that's on the road and that was kind of what I was exposed to at my internship at Paychex. And I was like, wow, I get to make my own schedule, do what I want. You know, that's Expensive cool. suits, getting off and on an airplane, yeah. looking good. All right, yeah, I, yeah. I was I like, you. I was like, all right, yeah, that's awesome. And then the more and more I learned about it, I kind of realized, hey, there's these big companies out there that have this reputation for being the best place to work. All these other accolades and awards, and cool, they might actually be like they might have a great you know, great organization, great training, great place to work. But there's also sometimes out there that it is kind of more just, hey, we got this award and that's it. And I think that there's a lot of companies out there that it doesn't necessarily correlate with the experience that all the employees are having out there and realized, hey, if you are going to a big company, you know, you get that name on your resume. It's really awesome. Some of them have like amazing training programs. But I realized for me, the more and more I thought about it, I didn't just want to be a cog on the wheel per se. I kind of felt like, hey, you're kind of in this structure and as you do this and that and you get to this point. And for for some people, that's it works. And, you know, you can get great experience. But I realized for myself that I wanted to feel like right away that I was impacting the bottom line, that, you know, every day what I was doing was really impacting the company overall and the revenue of what was being brought in. So I kind of did a pivot, which I think kind of elongated my interviewing process. So I had an offer before graduation, turned it down. And then it took me 
three or four months to actually land a job after graduation. And, you know, I think, again, too, I realized how important your network was. And I thought, hey, networking is good. You got to build relationships. I think everybody hears that, but not many people are necessarily like always executing on it where I go and speak. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The how. I think that's the really important thing is how do you build those relationships? And a lot of people struggle with that where it's, hey, you met this recruiter, but how do you follow up with them? How do you stay in touch, especially if you're early on? You know, say you're a sophomore in college, you know, you met recruiters. How do you stay in touch with them for the future and stay organized to be able to do that? And I realized too that, so I ended up landing a job working at a really small startup called North Pass in New Jersey. So I got to live at home, save some money that way, which was pretty cool. And again, it's like really small startup, like under 30 employees. So it was really cool to be able to be exposed to all departments, like working, you know, having the product in like the office, being able to speak with some of the product team, support, marketing, sales, like all of us being there. And interesting enough too, we had outsourced some of the product development to Poland too. So that was an interesting experience too, meeting some of them and being exposed to that other culture too. And, you know, learning more about tech and startups and it was a really cool experience to see what it would look like when I was at my internship at a really big company. And then the tools that, you know, are involved at a really small startup that you can get exposed to, you know, like you guys have the market map and it's insane, you know, all the different tools and resources out there. <laughs> it is crazy. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, with your college experience, uh, a lot of people, you know, they aren't sure what they want to do, but they know they have to go to college, get a degree and get that, you know, stamp on their resume that they've done that. And then they they get out and they kind of end up in sales. Whereas with a Pi Sigma Epsilon type of thing or those sales certifications, you know, you make a conscious effort to get into sales. And so, you know, you chose that path. But a lot of people don't necessarily choose the path. And then they get into sales and they're just like, okay, now what do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like really interesting too how there there's some people choosing the career and other people are kind of just thrown into it where it's like, hey, you know, this is your starting point where you have to work the ladder up. Yeah, or I, I just, I need a job, you know, I need some money yeah. and looks like sales is cool. You know, you make a lot of money and stuff like that. You know, what, <laughs> what do you recommend in that case if you just kind of find yourself in that position or or there's people on your team who are, are that in that position, you know? So like, what would I say is important when you kind of just get thrown into it? Yeah. 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 I would say that the most important thing is, I mean, once you've actually, you know, started in that role is, you know, find some mentors, whether that be at your company or other companies, you know, find some people who are in sales. I think that there's, you know, an amazing network out there specifically that you can utilize through, through LinkedIn. I've just, met so many amazing people through networking on LinkedIn, you know, being connected with you through LinkedIn, some of these other great people out there. It's, it's crazy who you can meet. Like another example is like, I met Dale Dupree. Like I saw him speak at a conference and I was like, the copier warrior. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like I know him. I've never met him. But yeah. I feel like I know him. Yeah. You, you okay. So like awesome guy. Love, love him. You know, such a great guy. And I just heard him speak at a conference and didn't have a chance to meet him there and message him cold after. And then we, you know, built a relationship off of, you know, I never thought that this was possible. And then I was exposed to it. It's like, all right, if I can do this, anybody else can do this is, Hey, you see somebody speak on stage, you know, you can send them a message on like how their speech impacted you or what, what was really valuable that you got out of that speech. Same thing too with podcasting is there's so many podcasts and books out there that you can just consume. So for somebody just getting into the sales role that they kind of fell into it, I think it's important to you know, go out there and do the research on what are top sales books to read? What are top sales podcasts? And that's where I've created this new like SDR 101 slash new salesperson document that's on my LinkedIn and it's in the header. And eventually I'll publish it in a more like structured way. But I've just been throwing tips and resources that I've just found helpful through my time, like books, you know, top sales leaders to follow on LinkedIn podcasts. And of course your podcast is on there too, which is pretty awesome to be exposed where when I was just getting started in sales, you know, the first person I really became connected with was Morgan Ingram. I came across him somewhere um, just on LinkedIn one day when I was job searching and I was like, who is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, I just did some more research and again, to happenstance, like connected with him, chatted with him a little bit, but it was very like high level. And then again, at that same conference, I had seen Dale speak, we met in person and I've been able to build a great relationship with him from there. But again, it, it just shows that you, know, you can meet so many people just by taking the time to reach out to them. Like anybody can... I always tell this, so uh, being at North Pass or my company now at Mixpanel, I always tell people it's so easy to grow your network. You just have to be willing to put in the time. Is I can send a message to, I can pull the research and you can easily pull the titles, AE, a salesperson, a vice president of sales, head of sales for alumni at your college. And that's an amazing starting point is I could find all the salespeople or like have sales titles that graduated from Bloomsburg and reach out to them and grow my network like exponentially just on that factor alone. That's like a huge way to just meet and network with salespeople there. Then you have all within your company, all of the, like depending on the size of your company, like if you got thrown into it, you know, if you're an SDR, definitely build a great relationship with your AE, which I think doesn't necessarily exist at a lot of companies. There's definitely a gap, I think, out there. And But if you can do that, I think it's really beneficial. You know, a lot of AEs have some great experience and really know what, at least really know their product, hopefully, that you're, that you're at. So they really know what they're doing. And, you know, hopefully. you can be thrown into, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like if you're throwing into car sales, you know, there's definitely going to be some other people in that role that have some more experience. There's probably at least one other guy that, you know, has got a couple years on you and, you know, ask them, Hey, like, you know, I'm really new in this role. I'd really love if you could teach me and can I shadow you for a day or something? And if you just approach it, I think one of the most important things is 
people love to talk about themselves. So if you give them the opportunity to show, hey, I feel like you're an expert, you know, can you teach me? You know, I really liked this where, you know, LinkedIn, I always say too, is an easy way because you can find stuff about people where I could go to your profile and I can look at something and I can reference your experience and be able to leverage that in a message where, you know, oh, hey, so-and-so, I've seen that you've been able to move up the ranks within the company and stay there for, you know, four or five years and go from being an SDR to now you're the head of sales development or head of just sales overall. And I'd love to learn how you did that and, you know, how I can build my career to do the same thing. And I think a lot of people are willing to help if you just take the time to reach out. And it may not be like, hey, I'm going to help you like all the time or I'm going to, yeah, let's meet tomorrow. It might be, hey, okay, let's meet in a month from now or two months from now. Right. They're super slam, but you got to make 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 that effort in the first place. And as you're describing this, it seems like there's different networking, you know, depending on the audience that you're networking with. So it's like, you've got the, the sales gurus, you know, that are on LinkedIn that you could potentially network in to like kind of build your career and build your skills. And then you've got the people within your company that you could potentially network with and see how you could help them and, you know, how, how you could help each other. But then there's also like the prospects of your company and not necessarily prospecting, but how would you suggest networking with potential customers of Mixpanel, for example? Is it the same process or is it a different motion? That's a great question. I think a lot of people have a a ton of different opinions out there. Personally, I think it's definitely something that's tough to master and I'm definitely nowhere near close to mastering that is like a building relationships with your prospects is you always have to have that, you know, long-term mindset of what's going to be in the future. And I think it's really tough to master that where if you're an SDR at a company, you're thinking, Hey, when am I going to become an AE to actually close these deals? Or, you know, is this going to be the future company I'm going to be at for three years? You know, things like that, where it's, no, I, I want that as meeting now. You know, I think that it's so hard to get at, off of that mentality, especially when you're first getting started. So one of the things I've noticed too, is for some of the more, like right now I'm selling to more technical buyers, like product managers. So I found that a lot of product managers you know, sending a more personal message at first doesn't necessarily really work. A lot of them are more willing to connect with you. If you just have some mutual connections and you, you know, reach out, just asking, you're just hitting the connect button. But I think then too, it's, it's not about, it's not pitching them right away. It's, you know, doing something where you can utilize the the resources like a, a video tool such as Drift Video, Loom, Vidyard, all those tools are great tools to utilize, or you could even utilize LinkedIn voice messages, which you have to do from mobile or video on, you know, and I've actually had, I've had prospects crazily come to me because of my profile. And I think one of the key things too, is having a good header picture as well as your title. So like right now, mine is helping companies leverage their data to better understand and engage with their customers. So I had somebody straight up come to my profile and ask me, hey, 
I'm kind of a fan of mixed panels. I've consumed some content, but how do you guys, how do you do that? And so I was able to engage with him and then have a conversation from there. But it's not about selling right away. It's, you know, trying to build that relationship where it's, you have some similar customers. Where I think one of the best ways is you have some similar customers to them. And if you have a piece of content that is related, so if I'm connecting with a company that's an e-commerce company, I could share something related to e-commerce where you just say, hey, I thought this might be valuable to you. I think it's really tough to think about the long-term, long picture, but I think that that's the best way to do it. And I know that sometimes I struggle with that too, is you just see like, hey, this company raised funding or this company was in the news and you're just like, oh, we should, we could totally help this company. Let, let me try and sell them. But it's like, why do they care who you are? You know, why, right. why should I? Well, like, it's, it seems are? like it, it's a hard balance because you need meetings right now, you know, as yeah. SDR, like you're behind, yeah. you, especially now it's harder and harder. But yet at the same time, in order to, you know, have that initial relationship with someone, it's like, you can't rush it like that. I mean, you got to like, be patient, take your time, add value. I almost equate it to like, I don't know. I don't know if people do this anymore. It's been a long time, but going to a bar and like trying to meet, you know, a new partner or, you know, a new girlfriend or something like that. <laughs> like you don't want to just rush up to people and freak them out, you know, and, and try to talk yeah. all about yourself and, you know, how great you are. And next thing you know, they're just like, this, this guy's horrible, you know? And but yet at the same time, it's like, you got to get meetings. So I think it's a hard balance for SDRs to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, like link, there was a LinkedIn post recently that I had seen that a CEO posted about how he understands, like as a CEO of a really small startup, he understands like what people are going through, especially with what's going on right now in the world. And he understands what it's like to be in sales. And, you know, a lot of people have been in sales at some point and I had commented, well, okay, like how would you want somebody to approach you? And then like the tip he had given is, you know, as a founder and CEO, like, why do you think you can help me? You know, instead of just, Hey, sell, sell, sell. It's, you know, why do you think you can help my business? Like what's the pain that you're going to solve for me? And do they even have that pain? Sometimes you, you're just assuming that they have that pain they might not even have that pain. I think that's a tough thing to master as well. Yeah. It's just that balancing the long-term, you know, relationship building, value adding with the immediate. The other thing is, you know, a lot of people get a sales job with a company and they don't necessarily, they're not like crazy about the product or the industry or whatever. Mm. It just looks cool, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's got a good brand and it seemed like the people were nice and you got the job. So it's like, yeah. okay, now I got to figure out what these people are selling, you know? And it's like, and then, you know, I need to call on people that have 20 years of experience in the industry <laughs> and I don't even know what this is. And I just got out of college. You know, if you think about that, that place that we put SDRs in, it's, that's a really hard challenge. Yeah. I think you just nailed right on the head. And I think that this is an interesting conversation I think I've had with multiple people is the inbound versus outbound like where do you start like what do you think is the ideal world so if you're selling a technical product and you have like say it's a big company that there's a lot of inbound coming in 
do you start them in an inbound role and then they transition inbound, outbound, then like more of like a senior SDR role? Or does it make the most sense that you have, okay, you start outbound, now you start to learn a little bit more about the product, you could fail reaching out to people a little bit more. But now when you're speaking to more qualified buyers that are coming inbound, that you have some experience. So which way do you think makes the most sense? Or do you think it's just specific to the company? Yeah, dude, that's interesting because I think it it depends on the culture of the company. So it's like if it's kind of an upper out culture and it's a trial by fire and there's still companies out there. There's not as many like Silicon Valley. It seems I don't know what will happen now that there's this crisis, but it seems like there was a lot of money and, and there was a lot of culture of like building people up and giving them a career path within the company. But there's a lot of companies out there that's the opposite, where it's like they throw you into the worst job at the company and only, you know, one or two percent of the people actually survive. And in, in that case, it's like start outbound, do the hardest job, and then only the people that like survive can then go to inbound. Because inbound is like all the hottest leads. Like, why would you want to give that to somebody who's brand new at the company, you know? But what I've seen is most companies do, they start at inbound and then they go to outbound, which, you know, it's more of like, it's almost like building people up and giving them a education and then have them do a harder job. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such an interesting like conundrum, like back and forth. I've heard so many discussions about it. And I think the best way would be, you know, if you have something that's quantifying quality leads something that's like questionable. Okay. This is a small company. We don't even have them in the CRM. Okay. Let's pass those to an in. That would make sense. I think that those are like the inbound reps with less experience and they have to just, they're really, their goal is to even quantify, is this a quality lead or not? And a little bit of buyer education, but the quality ones where it's like a demo request and Hey, you know, we have, this is like a top notch company. Like we've done some lead scoring, you know, that's where I think it can go right to even go to an AE. You don't even need an SDR to speak to them. Right. And I think, you know, that goes up a notch to like, it's really tough to sort out a database. You know, I think that people really struggle with that because it's such a hard thing to do. And there's all these tools out there that can help. And there's like structures and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, somebody or a team of people have to be in charge of sorting out the database to support the sales development team. And maybe it's just the companies that I'm interacting with, but most companies out there and people that I talk to, they don't put as much effort into like the whole sorting process of what's a good account, what's a good person to talk to versus not so good. And so they just leave it up to the SDR team to like sort it out on their own. So they end up spending a lot of time you know, just spinning their wheels, you know? Yeah. It takes a lot of time too, as well. Like even if you do have something in place, it's, you know, maybe you're utilizing a software out there to do that, but that's expensive for these, some of these really small startups. They don't have the money to do that. Or, you know, you have marketing filtering through that too is a lot of time. You know, it's not necessarily doable for everybody. Exactly. And so you've got some great resources Calvin, these tips have been amazing. You know, if someone finds themselves in an SDR position, they're struggling, they're having a hard time, 
you know, how can they get in touch with you? How can they access some of those resources that you mentioned on LinkedIn that you posted? You know, what's the next step if someone's struggling and they, they need some help from you specifically? Yeah. So they definitely can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Calvin Patterson. That's my profile. And then I'm Calvin Patterson IV. And up at the top of my profile, this is where it sits right now. Up at the top of my profile and my bio is where they have a doc for interviewing 101, as well as just like an intro to sales one. Just like some, like I said before, is podcasting, you know, tips on some of like the free tools out there, like a Grammarly, you know, built with just some of these tools that I think a lot of people don't know about that they, I think are great resources. And then the other interviewing one is just like some companies that I found are helpful websites to check out and just tips on, you know, helping to interview. I love it. And, and I know you're a mentor, you're involved with Bravado, you know, and writing it down here, Pi Sigma Epsilon, you're willing to like jump on with people and help them out if, if they're, if they're having a hard time, right. As far as SDRs, SDR teams, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hopped on a call last week with somebody and, you know, she had reached out to me and, you know, I actually happened to know her AE. I recommended she reach out to her AE at her company. I was like, Hey, this person's probably really helpful. And turned out that was her AE. And we had a conversation about, you know, sending video messages and, you know, she was able to book two meetings. And, you know, I think that there's some understanding, you know, companies sometimes don't necessarily have the best trainings. I think that we can all agree that there's sometimes some gaps out there. And that's where that's what I've tried to do is build this resource for what I've learned and what I've learned from other people. So hopefully they can either learn from checking out this document, or maybe we can hop on a quick conversation and I can give them some tips too. Awesome. Well, Calvin, thank you so much for, for sharing all this info and spending this time on the Sales Development Podcast. We really appreciate it and definitely want to keep the conversation going. So thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for the time. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.